I'm AJ Bianco from Podcast PD, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like this show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, welcome back. Today I'm talking with Dana Stahl. She's the author of the ABCs of Learning Issues, a practical guide for parents. Dana, who struggled from a learning disability herself, became a learning specialist to assist children with learning issues to reach their social, emotional, and academic potential. She provides life coaching and counseling for children with learning disabilities, autism, ADHD, and dyslexia, as well as career and vocational counseling. She's the founder of Educational Alternatives, LLC. You got a lot to learn today. You're going to love this one. Lots of practical advice for parents and educators. Thanks for listening. By the way, don't forget to share and subscribe. Glad you're here. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. Now here's Steve with this week's show. For the past 35 years, Dana Stahl, an educational consultant, diagnostician, child parent advocate, and learning specialist, has worked with families, educators, psychologists, and service providers to help identify learning issues in children and to provide the assistance, resources, and guidance needed to address these issues. Her recently published book, The ABCs of Learning Issues, is critically acclaimed and has been featured in Chicago Parent, LA Parent, Midwest Book Review, Education Update Online, and Special Needs Book Review. Her book, The ABCs of Learning Issues, received the Parent and Teacher Choice Award and the NAPA Award, which is the National Parenting Product Awards. In 2014, she founded Educational Alternative LLC, building upon her experience in diagnostic assessment, educational intervention, and advocacy to help parents find schools and programs for their children. She explores alternative and educational options with students and families and advises on appropriate day and boarding school placements and differential instruction for children with learning deficits, on therapeutic needs for special needs children, and on college searches for schools with learning disorder support programs. Dana also provides career vocational planning for individuals experiencing failure to launch and who need guidance in selecting career choices that match their specific skill set. Dana, who struggled from a learning disability, became a learning specialist to assist children with learning issues to find compensatory strategies to reach their social, emotional, and academic potential. She also provides life coaching and counseling for children with learning disabilities, autism, ADHD, and dyslexia, as well as career vocational counseling. She earned a BS in special education from Boston University and a master's of education diagnostic prescriptive clinician from the College of William & Mary. Her private practice has been in operation since 1995, and Educational Alternatives LLC is an offshoot of that private practice. EA, or Educational Alternatives, focuses on educational advice, advocacy, and placements. Dana, thanks for joining me today. Say hi to everyone. Steve, thank you very much for having me on your show today. Well, I'm glad you're here. And before we get to the main part of your book, The ABCs of Learning Issues, A Practical Guide for Parents, in the acknowledgement section, you say this. This book would not be possible without the continued support of my mentor, Betty Osman, a well-known psychologist and author who told me at age 11, you're a very bright young girl who just needs a different way to learn. Could you talk about what she meant and how what she told you applies to anyone who reads your book? 
Absolutely. Betty was an incredibly special person in my life. And I was very fortunate that our paths crossed. I had was the term dyslexia came out in 1963 and I entered first grade in 1966. And by the time I met Betty in 1971, they were still trying to figure out what to do with me. And I started to work with Betty and we had been together approximately three months. And she turned to me and she said, you're a very bright young girl. You just need another way to learn. And I'm going to show you how. And indeed she did. And from that age of 11 on, I understood that if she could help me, that I could help others. And so my path was drawn. And she has remained present in my life all these decades later. That's awesome. The, uh, you know, and I, it's so poignant that that statement about you just need a different way to learn. And I think that that applies to so many kids um, that, uh, you know, a lot of times they, they need some different approaches, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's the differentiated instruction that allows children to reach their potential. That's excellent. So, and, and by the way, you'll notice that as I'm moving forward here, I like reading anything that an author includes in the beginning before the book really begins. And I'll do this at the end too. <laughs> if there's a, there's an ending like this. Um, I like going through them because a lot of times authors include all kinds of cool stuff and you did just that, which I think is really neat. And so in the next section, which is, and by the way, it was hard making a choice just to choose one thing out of your acknowledgements. Um, but in a note from the author, you say, the ABCs of learning issues provides parents with a valuable tool that increases their understanding of learning issues, offers a framework in which to identify and incorporate effective strategies when helping their children, and assist them in learning how to work directly with their school in a cooperative and collaborative manner. Could you talk with me just a little about this comment? Uh, it is, every industry has their own language, and that is the case for the field of education. And by understanding the language used in the field of education, parents and professionals can foster a dialogue to help children reach their full academic, social, and emotional potential. Uh, this section uh, allows us to understand how parents can partner together with schools to work collaboratively to help their children succeed. And that's excellent. That's, you know, having been a high school uh, teacher and an administrator, assistant principal and principal, I um, met with a lot of parents as we tried to figure out how to best uh, to make sure they were understanding where we were coming from and uh, um, what we were thinking needed to be done. And your book does an awesome job of explaining this. I wish I'd had it in those days when I was, uh, it was an administrator. It'd be a great uh, tool to just to hand a parent and say, okay, let's go through this a little bit because these are the things that the specialists are talking about. Well, I really appreciate that you um, have observed that within the book, but that's exactly the intent is to um, provide parents a tool in which they can learn the language of education, understand the observations that they're seeing with their children, um, find effective strategies to help them and to advocate for them and to bridge that gap between the home and the school. That's the key, that is key and essential to helping children. And it's awesome. And, and what's really cool is now the next um, section that happens right before the, the book begins is you have uh, this section that that's called uh, 
Uh, by the way, the first segment is titled Learning Issues, but before that, you have a section that I absolutely love, and it's titled How to Use the ABCs of Learning Issues. Where did this idea come from, and could you explain what the reader will find here? Because this is really cool, because you don't, it, the reader doesn't just open up and go, okay, I'm going to start reading. Instead, you actually tell them um, how they can use your book best. I like that. Well, thank you. The um, idea comes because parents are often daunted. Um, professionals who are content-based teachers, but not uh, special education teachers, they too would benefit from understanding these various learning issues and what are they observing and what are some effective strategies. And this section of the book, How to Use the ABCs of Learning Issues, was designed and developed to help make it easier and user-friendly and simplistic so then when people were going to say, ah, I have a child who's dealing with conceptual math difficulties. What are some of the behaviors I'm going to observe? Uh, what are some of the strategies I can use? What professionals can help? And in this section of the book, it really is designed to have a user-friendly, easy manner in which the reader can begin to understand how to delve into the information they need to obtain. That's excellent. And, it, and it's really cool because you, you give two different scenarios and basically tell the reader that if one of these scenarios ma matches you, then that's, that's how you can best use the book, which I think is so cool. So, so let's delve into the ABCs of learning issues. And in the section titled Learning Issues, which is the main first section, you identify the issue and then you provide clinical and educator definitions and then explain the definitions. So it's pretty cool. You have the clinical definition. Here, here's the issue. Here's the learning issue. Then you have the clinical explanation and then you have the um, educator definition. And then you explain those definitions, which I, this is the part that I really, really like. Um, so it, it uh, you know, what a cool tool you've created. I mean, a, a couple of the learning issues are academic anxiety with regard to performance, academic anxiety with regard to transitions, attending to academic tasks, auditory integration, and others. Uh, so I'm going to choose one, and I want to look at decoding skills. Can you just kind of walk the listeners through that? Absolutely. Uh, so the concept map, as you said, um, is consistent throughout the 24 identified learning issues that are uh, selected, which uh, are from the most common uh, learning issues that are presented in a neuropsychological evaluation or a psychoeducational evaluation. And this concept map of the clinical definition allows the reader to understand what is this learning issue. And the educator's definition is there for educators to understand this is what I'm observing in school. This is what it means to the parent, to the service provider, to the future educator. And then I get into what behaviors do parents um, observe? Uh, if their children demonstrate this learning issue, what professionals can treat it? Which teaching strategies are most effective at home and at school? And who can you turn to for help? With regard to the decoding skills specifically, decoding skills are, are, are children who have difficulty with decoding skills, or they have difficulty sounding out 
unfamiliar words and reading with expression. Uh, their reading rate, their accuracy, their fluency are, can all be um, adversely affected if they have difficulty with decoding skills. But there are very definite steps that can be taken to help strengthen um, children with decoding skill issues. And uh, the book addresses what can be done at school and what can be done at home so that the parents and the school can partner together to help their children. That's, that's excellent. And, you know, and one of the reasons why I chose decoding is because simply there, there's how many of us use that term? And so if it gets used, you know, someone might go, huh, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about what we're talking about? And that's, what's neat is that you explain whatever those terms are. And, and so then, and how, and, and I, I just like that because it's not only the, the clinical, but it's also how the educator might be interpreted and then, um, then helping the parent understand what they're each trying to say. So absolutely. So under each of these learning issues, you have two sections that are extremely valuable. And one of them is which behaviors may parents observe if their child demonstrates this learning issue. And the other one is which strategies can help at home. What an awesome addition to this. Cause you didn't just talk about what the, you know, explain what they are. You then get into what does it look like? in a child and what strategies can a parent have at home, which I love. So can you talk about those sections? Absolutely. The uh, parents at home, uh, they, they, what they observe for their children um, is steadfast of who their children are. And um, they are in their most relaxed capacity in their home. And yet if the parent is observing something, then they need to begin to understand what are they observing and then try to communicate that to the school. So it's important for the parents to feel, one, they're not alone, that indeed other children are experiencing what they, their children are experiencing. And so if we go back to the area of decoding skills, um, Typical behaviors that parents may observe at home would be that the children are unable to sound out unfamiliar words, that they struggle with the syllabication rules, their reading is extremely low and slow, and their reading accuracy is reduced through omissions and additions and mispronunciation of words. So if they can cite this, they see this, then they can take that information to the school and to the teacher and say, These are, this is what I'm observing. Are you observing that as well? And if so, what are you doing? What are some strategies that I can incorporate at home? And therein lies begins the dialogue that is so important to have between the home and the school. And it's, it's excellent. That's a, like I said, I really wish I'd had your book when I was a principal in school and because uh, um, it would have been very helpful to have uh, you know, just kind of like one of those uh, instruction manuals that you give somebody to say, this is going to help you understand what we're talking about. And as well as it's going to help you as you're dealing with what the clinicians have told you. So uh, very cool. You know, let's take a, now that we all understand those different sections that are in each under each learning issue, let's, let's look at receptive language. What's this about and what suggestions do you make there? Receptive, uh, so we have ex uh, receptive and expressive language. And in expressive language, it is our ability to say things. It is our output. And receptive language is our input. And our ability to visualize and picture and 
retain the information that is being directed and given to us. So um, a parent may say to a child, go upstairs, get into pajamas, and brush your teeth. But a child with a receptive language difficulty will not really process a two and three step direction. So they'll get upstairs and they'll look around and they'll say, what was I supposed to do? Or they'll get upstairs, they'll put on their pajamas and they will have forgotten the third component. So the parents think they're being defiant when in actuality, they're really having a receptive language difficulty because they are not, um, they're struggling and finding it challenging to understand and interpret the auditory information that is presented to them. It's very interesting because it can be receptive language can be affected by written language too. So if the teacher gives written language directions, uh, the receptive language can be compromised there as well. Thank you so much for explaining that. And that's what I think is awesome here is that this is, you know, it's, it's an awesome resource for, for a parent who's trying to transcribe what's being told to them and then give them some ideas about what they might see, what it's going to look like, and what they might be able to do at, uh, to, to help their child, which is very cool. You know, a, another major section of the book, so we have, we have these main sections. We have the, the first part where it uh, tells you how to use the book, and then we have the main section of learning issues. Well, then this, the next section is called Topics in Education. And in this part of the book, you have, a, you have another segment called Preparing for Special Education Meetings. And there's several areas in this, that, um, in Topics in Education, that uh, I, I had a tough time choosing which one I was going to work on. But I, I really like this one, Preparing for Special Education Meetings. Why, why did you include this? And how do you hope that this will help? I think that all um, school meetings uh, that are not standard at the parent-teacher meeting is daunting for the parent. Uh, they come into a room. There are many professionals there. You could have the classroom teacher, the building principal, the social worker, the resource room teacher, the speech and language pathologist, um, perhaps an OT or PT if that was required. And then the parent sits at the table and they're around a group of professionals who all are secure in why they're there, what their role is, and the parent is not. And so even though the parent is an equal partner at these special education meetings and their voice is incredibly important, uh, they often feel like the outsider because they, um, they're not a colleague among these professionals and yet they need to work with each of them. So I thought it was important for parents to be able to have a uh, understanding of how to prepare for a special education meeting, uh, how to prepare for a parent-teacher meeting, and place these into this section of the book. And uh, there are definite ways in which parents can prepare for a meeting, um, and they can get a list of their questions together. They can state their observations um, of their child's work habits at home, um, their frustration level that they are experiencing, uh, what it's like for them to prepare for tests and then perhaps not succeed on the test. And then parents need to understand what are their rights? What can they ask for? Um, 
what programs are out there that can be of assistance. And so this section of the book was created to allow parents to become partners with the schools. And, and it is just excellent advice. This, and this is just one of the several topics that are in, in this area under topics in education. And just the thought of giving advice on how to prepare for the meeting it is awesome because it, I think it, reduce, it, would, it reduces some of the stress of getting ready to be in that room. And, and just as a note, I'd love for you to just explain real quick, because you mentioned some terms, because most people know that, you know, if the principal's in there, they know the administrators of the building. Um, they, they may have run into the special education department chair if we're talking in a high school, and they may uh, um, know who the special education teacher is. There may be a few other teachers in there that the, the kids in, in that classroom. Um, but then there, there may be other people who they may know a little bit about them. And you, you use some terms. You said OT, OP. Um, can you real quick just say what those are? Certainly. Well, this goes back to the language of um, <laughs> the industry. And within the book, it's, um, there's even a glossary that assists parents in understanding uh, the terminology that's going to be heard. So when you're preparing for a parent-teacher meeting or a uh, special education meeting, there are going to be different terms that are used. And they're going to be used very commonly in the room because everyone in the room, but perhaps the parent, is familiar with them. So there might be a 504 terminology used or an IEP or a push-in or a pull-out. And these terms, if parents can understand what they are, uh, will lessen the uh, stress level, their stress level, and will increase their understanding of what, um, what thoughts are being uh, created by the team as to what to help the children. So in a, a 504 is used, a 504 plan is used for children who do not have an identified learning disability, but they are demonstrating a uh, gap in their performance. And so there are certain um, things that are placed into uh, to help the child to stop sliding and to feel supported with uh, various accommodations. But the child with a 504 plan will always remain in the general education class. Uh, support uh, may indeed come into the classroom. Uh, that would be a push in and in a push out that would be that the child would go to a resource room teacher, a speech and language pathologist, OT, or physical therapist for their support. Uh, so it, it is quite important to understand the language of the industry, and that will be very effective in helping the dialogue to increase between the home and school and for the partnership to be tightened. And that's, and that's why what, one of the things I want to bring up here is that this is why, even though your book is geared towards parents, I think administrators and the teachers and anyone who's going to be part of IEP meetings and such and working with, with children who have learning issues and challenges that are going to be, um, uh, the school's going to be trying to help them with, um, should read this book because it does come out very clear as you start reading this, you start going, yeah, I use those terms all the time, but I didn't think that <laughs> I may have to explain those terms and, or even just well, the idea of who's coming to the meeting. Why do we have so many people at this meeting? Oh my gosh, there's like, you know, you got, you got a parent, maybe two parents and a, 
and the child come into the room and there's like 15 people there. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Well, this is such an important point, such an important point, because if you are support personnel, uh, such as an occupational physical therapist or a speech and language pathologist, you know your area inside out and you understand what needs to be done. But you may not understand what a working memory issue is or processing speed issue is. And uh, think, and so this book is helpful, even for the professionals within the field, because it helps to people who do not have a special education background. If you're a content-based teacher, if you're a future educator, if you're in college and you're trying to understand uh, introduction to special education, what are these terms? What do they mean? And what do I need to understand in order to support differentiated instruction to those students I am working with. And it, that's what makes this book so powerful because it's, it's not just a great tool for the, uh, for the parent. It's also a great tool for anybody who's going to be part of the team that's going to be trying to work, that's going to help the parents work with their child and, and um, help them, uh, um, address their challenges. So it's, it's awesome. The, uh, you know, one, the a final major section in the book is titled resources and you have everything from a sample letter that's um, there to, and it shows you how to request evaluations to a glossary of terms to possible helpful organizations and where and how to connect with them. What inspired this section and talk a little bit about the sample letter you've included. The resource section is important. Um, the premise is that, um, parents often feel alone and isolated when they are observing their child uh, having various learning attention or anxiety issues, and they don't really know who to turn to. And uh, I always say that parents need to speak in the I statement, and if they can just keep a journal or a log as to what are their observations, um, then when they turn to ask for help, those professionals will have key terms in which to begin to process, oh, we should, we should examine this area or that area. So for many parents, they are at home and they're wondering, okay, I'm observing this. It doesn't seem to be the same with Johnny next door or David down the street. So what am I to go to do? And so the sample letter with positions in there as a way for parents to understand how to begin to ask for help. And in a very um, simplistic manner, the request is there and it opens up all the doors for future conversation. And the resource section of organizations is there to allow parents to know they are not alone. There are children throughout the United States that are experiencing the same thing that their children are. In fact, 10% of children in the United States have learning disabilities and one in five have anxiety, attention, or learning issues. And it's important for parents to know that there are organizations out there that they can turn to and ask very specific questions and receive information that is full of advice and guidance. That's so awesome. The, uh, you know, and what, what's real cool in here is that 
in looking at the information about the different organizations, you have different social media places where you can find them, not just, uh, you know, it's just not just regular, like here's an organization. You basically give ways that you can go find them online, which are rather quick ways of finding them, which is nice. Um, so it's not like, you know, just a phone call and here's the name or something, you know, a phone number and here's the name, which is, uh, I love that Absolutely. about finding that. So good stuff. The, uh, so, you know, we're starting to come to a, a close here. And, and one of the things that I wanted to make sure, and by the way, before I say that, before we go, uh, get into closing, I got to make sure I say this. Your book is colorful. It uses color coding for the, for the different parts, the different learning issues. And uh, uh, it has this, uh, this schematic through it with the colors, as well as you also have pictures. And I love the fact that you, you have these pictures um, because it shows all that stuff. So kudos on that because it's not just words and lots of words. It's easy to read. It's easy to understand. And uh, I, I think anybody would uh, find it uh, uh, you know, a book that they would, it would be a useful tool to them. Thank you. Um, I was, um, I did not want to write another book on um, anxiety, attention, or um, a specific learning disability. What I wanted was the opportunity to have a book out there that parents could pick up, professionals, uh, educators, school administrators, uh, service personnel could pick up and easily flip through it and just come to the section that was pertinent to them. And that's excellent. It's, it's so easy to understand that. And that, that comes through loud and clear in that beginning section that tells you how to use the book. And I love that because that's, it's, it's not something you read front to back. You find what, what is what you're looking for. Good stuff. So before we go, if someone wanted to connect further with you, um, Dana, where, where would you send them? And also, would you like to share a little bit about educationalalternativesllc.com? Um, educational Alternatives is um, my practice, which focuses on educational advice, advocacy, and placement. Uh, for those listeners who would be interested in um, getting in touch with me, um, my website is educationalalternativesllc.com. And included in on the website is an Ask Dana feature where parents and professionals can ask a question or raise a concern that they have about a student, and I will respond back to them in a private conversation. Awesome, awesome. So last two questions. If you had a chance to talk with an audience of educators about working with kids, what is something that you would want them to know or think about? For the future educators, I think it's very important that they understand children's various learning issues. Uh, we all learn um, through various modalities, and there is not one modality in which to learn. Um, and, I, and even those content-based teachers that are going to um, be in schools, because not everyone is going to be dual certified with special education, there is the importance to understand the children's profiles in their room and be able to create lessons with differentiated instruction. And beyond that, it's important to understand that a learning issue is the discrepancy between potential and performance, and that if we can help to scaffold and support those students, they will reach their potential on an academic and social emotional level. Love it. Great advice. Great advice. Thank you. So last question. 
Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? The, um, Betty Osman, who wasn't my um, teacher per se, but who was a tremendous influence on my life. Um, we've already acknowledged uh, how she has helped. But with regard to specific educators, I will say that there's no one person, but educators along the way that had stood out in my elementary, middle school, and um, high school year who took the time to understand that I was capable of doing more than I was able to demonstrate and that they would simultaneously develop my skill set while increasing my self-confidence. And that is a gift in and by itself. So right. So right. Thank you for sharing. Dana, thank you so much for talking with us today. Your book, The ABCs of Learning Issues, A Practical Guide for Parents, is an amazing tool that not only parents but all educators should read. You've created a very helpful book in understanding many learning issues that children may be experiencing. I'm wishing you all the best in all that you do. And Steve, thank you so much for having me today. I greatly appreciate it, and I've enjoyed myself immensely. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.